You're listening to audio from Grove Park Baptist Church. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.groveparkchurch.net. We are approaching the end of these Psalms of Ascent. And so this Psalm, in some ways this morning, seems out of place in the chronology of the pilgrims. The pilgrim at this late stage in their sojourn to Jerusalem is secure in their place. They've been feasting on the bounty of all that they are experiencing in God during the festivals. Yet it is at this spiritual high that it is important to remember for all of us, not simply where we came from, but more specifically, where and how far it is that we still have to go. Notice with me verse number one. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Out of the depths. Do you ever stand at the sea and think how magnificent and how overwhelming the sea is? I mean, do you, do you just stand there and let the magnitude of all that water just Don't let it come rushing over you. That could be dangerous. But let the thought of the magnitude of that water come over you. I remember uh, going to uh, Gulfport, Mississippi, and standing at the edge of the Gulf of Mexico, which was so placid and and so still, and, and looking at the remains of First Baptist Church, Gulfport, Mississippi, and seeing what the equivalent of 32 feet of storm surge did, and thinking about the power, thinking about what it was like to to stand there with, with all of that water coming, rushing on at the height of Hurricane Katrina. The sea can be a very daunting thing. And the psalmist this morning attempts to arrest our attention by comparing the sea to the sin in our lives. Now let's be honest this morning. Sometimes you and I forget that we sin. I mean, we're not going out stealing, we're not going out killing anyone, and we just forget that sin is still present in our lives. Maybe it's present because we are guilty not of doing something, but maybe it's present because we are guilty of not doing something that God has called us to. Maybe it's how we handle the issues in our lives, and we may handle the issue with the right decision, but we could handle it very poorly. We could handle it poorly to the point where it causes another brother or sister to stumble. Maybe this morning you are doing the right things all the time, but you're doing them for the wrong reason. 
The intentions of your heart do not match the intentions of your actions. All of that, beloved, is sin. Every disciple of Jesus Christ should be constantly aware of the fact that sin remains present in our lives even after our salvation. And though because of our salvation, we are forever free from the curse of sin, we are not free from the fight against sin. John Owen put it this way. Men rarely consider what a dangerous companion is always at home with them. When in company, when alone, by night or by day, sin is with them. There is a living coal continually in their houses. If it is not seen to, it will set them on fire and may consume them. Let us never reckon that our work in fighting against sin in crucifying, mortifying, and subduing it is at an end. Beloved, this morning, are you fighting sin? Do you remember sin in your life? Or are you this morning guilty of a fuzzy memory? We often forget about sin in our spiritual pilgrimage when our problem with sin becomes more subtle and not as egregious as it once was. And we should recognize that because it is more subtle, it sort of gets pushed back. And unfortunately, as it gets pushed back in us, something else comes roaring to the front. And what is that? Our own judgmental selves. Our own judgmental selves. As we forget that we sin, we suddenly look at the sin that is present in everyone else's life and we forget what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. This morning, beloved, are you racing to point out someone else's sin more than you are looking at how you can be an extension of grace to them to help them overcome that sin, to seek forgiveness from that sin? by remembering your own sin. Notice with me verse number three. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? Oh, beloved, aren't we so thankful this morning that we serve a God who is nothing like us, who doesn't keep check marks on us about all of the sin that we do and keep it as an eternal record for all time but he forgives us and he forgets about it. Oh, that we would be more like him. Our forgetting that we sin and our having fuzzy memories makes us judgmental 
And the more we become judgmental, it places us even into an even farther horrible spot. Because it makes our relationship with God dry. Notice with me verses 5 and 6. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchman for the morning. More than watchman for the morning. Do you get the impression here that the psalmist sees God as someone who is very, very far away? He's not there close. He's waiting on him. He's watching for him. In other words, he can't feel him. He can't sense him. He's looking everywhere, but God does not seem to be present there. Do we not want our lives to be a place where we continually feel the presence of God and feast on the presence of God and we don't want him far away? We want him close. Think of it in these terms. Do you have a relationship in your life that once was a strong and vibrant relationship but now it's sort of been pushed away. An old friend who's not as nearly as good a friend as they used to be. And you want the, that friendship to come back. You wish it was like that. Is your relationship with God in a similar manner this morning? You know, beloved, the more that you and I forget that we sin, the more we forget that we need God but there is hope. Look with me at verse number two. Oh Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. Beloved, the start to a vibrant relationship again with God is remembering where we are from him and going back and saying, God, I got to have this relationship with you. If you, if you were to read this verse in the original language, the word here is, is in the imperative. Now, let me tell you, I'm learning a lot about the imperative. I have a three-year-old, and I could say, stop, or I could say, stop. Which one of those was in the imperative? Second one, right? You could say, oh God, I wait for you. Oh God, do, do you feel any pull on that? Do you feel anything there? But if you say, oh God, if you don't come, Lord, if you don't hear me, Lord, I'm going to die. Lord, I need you to answer my prayer. Lord, I want to get back right and close to you. Then we begin on a good path. The beginning of it all, beloved, begins when our heart cries out to God and says, God, if you don't come into me, I'm going to die. And the problem is that the older you and I get in our relationship with God, the longer, the further away we get from that first moment with him at Calvary, the less desperate we become. 
when in fact we should become more and more and more desperate. When was the last time your soul cried out in desperation to God? Not for, not for your health, not for your family. When was the last time the state of your soul cried out in desperation to God? What happens when we do that, though? Notice with me verse 4. But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Oh, beloved, when we cry out to God, we experience a time of refreshing that can only come with a fresh understanding of God's grace through his forgiveness being poured into our life. The text here in the Hebrew does not read as pretty as we have it here, but with you there is forgiveness. No, the text reads, but you forgiveness. In other words, God, you are forgiveness. And I can find forgiveness only with you. And as we find forgiveness, and as we have God's grace pour deeper and deeper and deeper into our hearts, what does that mean? It means that our worship, that you may be feared, that our worship grows greater and greater and greater and greater and as we seek God and we ask God to expose in us the sin that is in our life and we say God by your strength I will push it away and we feel his forgiveness and we feel the strength of his grace come more and more in us we grow deeper and deeper in love with him and isn't that what we all want But you see, our fuzzy memories keep that away. Beloved, this morning, I implore you, seek him. Seek him today and fall deeper in love with him than you have ever before. Notice with me verses seven and eight. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love and with him is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. All that you are looking for this morning, beloved, in all of your searching and in all of your dryness is found in him. Remember what we just said in verse number four, with you forgiveness. But did you notice in verse seven that you, Lord, with the Lord, there is steadfast love. There is love with him. With him is plentiful redemption. In other words, there is grace with him. Everything you need this morning can be found in God. And you can experience it afresh this morning like you have never experienced it before if you would but turn to him.
and say, you're all I want. You're all I want. Let me put it to you in these ways. When we were first married, Eliza went off to Atlanta uh, for a conference. Carvance sent her off to the Ron Clark Academy and she went down there to Atlanta and was wined and dined. And they put her up into Weston and uh, it was nice. And I was home eating pintos. So when Eliza came back home, I, I drove, we were still in Enfield at the time, I drove from Enfield over to RDU. On the way there, I stopped off at Crabtree and I went into Crabtree and I bought a bear at Build-A-Bear. And I had that bear stuffed and put a little, you know, you kiss the little heart and you put it in there and I got all that for. I went and got some flowers and when Eliza got off the plane, I was there with bear and flowers and I was so happy because my honey was home. Now, flash forward to about two years ago. Liza and her best friend go off to Jamaica. Thankfully, Jessica is with us then, so I didn't eat pintos that week. And, but when, we got, when it comes time to go pick her up at the airport, Jim is driving. And I say to Jim, aren't we supposed to go wait for the girls inside the concourse? He said, no, they'll call us and we'll pull up to the curb. <laughs> Renee is telling Jim the whole time. I mean, Renee's telling Eliza the whole time. They're going to be, they're going to be waiting at the curb. And Eliza keeps saying, no, no, no. That's, Mark would not do that. Mark's going to have a bear and flowers and candy and, and, and I love Eliza on his shirt. He's going to be happy. And so when I got out of the car at the curb and I said, let me take your bag, honey. Welcome home. She said, I can take my own bag. Why'd I tell you that story? Do you love God like you did when you were first with him? Or has he just got all normal with you and you don't do anything with him like you used to? Which means you don't do the small things, which means you don't notice the sins that are insignificant but aren't insignificant to him because your memory's gotten fuzzy Grove Park 
put your hope in him. For with him is forgiveness and love and grace. And he wants you to feel how much he loves you afresh today. The question is, are you going to leave God at the curb? Let's pray. Kind Father, I thank you that you are a God who always pursues us. Even when we, Lord, don't pursue you. And so, Lord, today I pray that you would just draw us, that you would, Lord, by your spirit, show us, Lord, as verse one says, the depths of where we are. But, Lord, let the depths be seen in comparison to the depth of your love that we could be swimming in and that, Lord, we would switch pools. Help us, Lord, to take the next step with you that we need to take today to grow deeper in our intimacy with you. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. What is the next step God's calling you to today? Is he calling you to faith because you've never stepped forth and entered into a relationship with him? Is he take, calling you to take that next step? Maybe you've known Jesus for a while, but you need to take that next step to baptism. Maybe he's calling you to that next step, which is a turn back to him and a falling in love with him deeper than ever before. Maybe it's that you want to join with a group of passionate pilgrims in search of a passionate God as you journey with them. I don't know what it is that he's spoken to you today, but if you'll answer him, he'll meet you where you are and take you the rest of the way. I'll be here to pray with you. You can pray by yourself. Whatever it is God's spoken to you today, I pray you'd answer as we sing. Would you come?